Hey there, beautiful. I'm so glad you stopped by. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of More Than Hope Podcast, where we will openly discuss how to find that wonderful, radiant, vivacious goddess that you once knew and bring her back to life. I'm Wendy, holistic nutritional consultant, and I know we're going to be best friends because I know that it takes more than just hope and the occasional carrot to reach your heart's desire. And I want to help by offering you real solutions because after all, you're a real woman dealing with real issues in the real world. Let's face it, life can be tough sometimes. Heck, our own inner voice can be our own worst enemy and it's hard to get out of our heads and see the reality of life. But when we have someone to turn to, someone to lean on, someone who has our backs and gets us, life can be a little easier. We smile more, we laugh more, we appreciate life more. I'm here to tell you that I am that someone. I'm on your side. And truth be known, I love you. So grab your carrot and let's get started. Hi there, everybody. Hope everybody's having a wonderful Wednesday. We are continuing our talk about intuitive eating and emotional eating and really getting to the bottom of a lot of these issues. I'm just going to check to see that I am live here. I'm going to go. Sometimes it shows up, sometimes it doesn't. Anyways, I'll keep looking. I don't see you guys yet. So it's going to come in in a little bit. Okay, so today is intuitive eating. So intuitive eating basically has been an evidence-based mind-body approach to uh, compromised um, eating systems. And it was uh, created by two dietitians, Evelyn uh, Triboli and Elise Rich, and in 1995. And it is a weight neutral model with a validated assessment scale um, and over 90 studies to date. So it's one of these things that's very, very um, scientifically based, like I said, evidence based, and it's it's been ongoing for a very long time. So it's kind of like the rule of thumb for uh, people that are looking towards, I think, okay, there I am, um, looking towards uh, just really setting a, a really good, different approach to their eating. Um, but, you know, essentially, we're going to look at what not intuitive eating is. Uh, um, intuitive eating is not a diet. So that's one of the big, big things we have to understand is, is it's not a diet approach. It's not um, a way of eating. It is not a food plan by any means. Um, there is no pass or fail with it. It is a lot of internal work. And therefore, there's no blowing it. There's no way that you can actually fail at it because there's um, it's just, it's your journey. And this is kind of the whole thing that I'm trying to get across to you guys this whole time is the fact that it is your journey. It's a journey of self-discovery and connection to the needs of your mind and your body at the same time. So again, this is why I have not offered any kind of meal plans for you guys this month or recipes or anything like that, because I'm really hoping that it'll give you the opportunity to uh, dive into um, 
a little bit more about your relationship with food and, and really getting to that, that missing link that happens to be the, the, the rock, the, um, the essence of perhaps the reason why you haven't been able to lose the weight at this point. So there's actually 10 principles of intuitive eating. So I'm going to go through them very quickly. Um, just so we're not on here all day, like I tend to talk a little bit too much. You guys know that. Um, the first one is rejecting the diet mentality. And we talked about that during our first week of, in December with regards to um, going through books and magazines. And now it's social media and just offering um, the way it offers that false hope of quickly losing weight um, and easily and permanently, it gives us that sense of, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. Look at her, she did it. And you and right now is one of these big things that's going through Instagram, I find anyways. I don't know why. Perhaps it's because of my Google search or whatever. But it's always, always, always before and after pictures, before and after pictures, before and after well, they can do it. Well, I can do it. Well, it's usually associated with something like keto or paleo or um, intense exercising or the latest whatever, juicing, cleansing, any of these diets that are out there. And it gives you that false hope of, well, shit, she did it. I can do it. No problem. You know, um, we, we really have to get angry with the diet culture and because it promotes weight loss and uh, the lies that have led you to feel less than. You feel like a failure. Uh, every time that a new diet comes up and you try it and it doesn't work for you and you gained all the weight back and maybe a little bit more, the, the, you guys should be angry at this. I know I am. And that's why my whole philosophy is kind of going in that direction with regards to, um, because I mean, even in my own weight loss programs, if you want to call it that, it is not, it, you know, I haven't, people have been just like, well, Wendy, what do I do? What do I do? I followed it to the letter and still. So this is the missing link. And I've been, you know, offering this opportunity for people for so long now that um, it just it comes becomes has become second nature for me. But again, it, it is the message that I'm trying to get across to you guys. It's that missing link between um, struggling, restrictiveness, uh, dieting, um, going off a diet, and then gaining the weight back and not understanding why, and then that whole self-deprecation and that feeling of failure and that feeling of of you know low self-worth and low self-esteem uh, and all these different things, and and then we go through that cycle again, um, and we've done it. Well, I'm I'm going into my my fifth decade, so it's, you know, I've had quite a few rounds of this myself because I've always struggled with my weight and, and it is something that um, I'm definitely, like I said, very angry about um, and something that I'm hoping that you guys can pick up on a little bit here. So another principle that goes along with um, our um, intuitive eating is the fact that we want to honor our hunger. So keeping your body biologically fed with adequate energy and carbs is so extremely important. And this is why, again, one of the reasons why I do not advocate for, <clears throat> excuse me, um, um, 
a, a ketogenic diet or um, a specific diet plan that has any kind of restrictive qualities to it to restrict one of the macronutrients. Uh, we need these. We need them for survival. Um, it and and when we do restrict, we have this primal urge in us that gets kickstarted, and it's um, a trigger or a reflex for us to overeat or binge. And we're going to talk a lot about that next week. And once you reach the moment with where you are so excessively hungry, all intentions of moderate conscious eating, because we all have that intention of just doing the best that we can. And we're, you know, next meal is going to be different. Next meal is going to be different or tomorrow is going to be different. All of these intentions are just like out the window. Sorry. Bye bye. Because you know, we've just reached that that primal urge. And this is where we get into that mode of, I don't know what happened. All of a sudden I was on the couch and then all, or, um, you know, it's, we go into a, a mode of where we we're reactive and we're not even thinking. We're, we're just going through the motions to get more food into our body. We, our brains are almost shut off at that point because our primal urge is to just eat and, um, feed our body biologically it just takes over so learning to honor our first biological signal that first sign of hunger sets the stage for rebuilding and trusting in yourself and your food so another aspect is the fact that we have to make peace with food so call a truce stop the food fight please whatever you do we are um, at always at odds I know we just came through no sugar November and you know, you may take that as um, an indication that uh, we were at war with sugar, um, because I know a lot of you were questioning, uh, you know, and then really upset because they failed and fell off the wagon and everything else. We, If you guys had followed me closely enough and listened to a few of the podcasts and everything else, perhaps you may have gotten the impression uh, that um, this was not war. This was um, a subtle truce with some adjustments. And whereas we were not giving up sugar so much, where it said no sugar November, we were actually finding better sources for ourselves, getting away from the processed sugars, not necessarily calling a war on it, but just becoming very aware of the potential of an enemy or potential of a harm from an enemy. Um, sugar, again, is not the enemy so much, but you know who the enemy might be? Would have been ourselves. Um, and that's getting a really deeply philosophical there. <laughs> but um, if you look at it, it's not the sugar itself. It's, a, it's our own urges to be taking in highly processed, um, uh, you know, straight to our bloodstream sugar. And uh, it, it really makes up for an uncontrollable kind of situation where, again, we are our own worst enemy. And it's not the food that is the issue so much as our reaction or our application or our um, relationship with food. And it comes right down to that every every step of the way. Um, because when we start really feeling about um, giving that food um, uh, 
a title or a label, good or bad, it can actually lead to feelings, intense feelings of deprivation. When, when I, I know, <laughs> I know specifically when I tell myself Monday morning, I'm starting, um, know this, know that, know this, know that. What is the first thing that I want before I even get to Monday morning is that particular food. So many of us have um, gotten into a habit of, okay, January 1st, no more. But what do you do before January 1st? You binge, you get into you get into all the food that you know that you can't have after January 1st. And we, you know, and it just gets, it just snowballs from there and, and we get into that. And then when we start to deprive ourselves and we can't do it, we say, to heck with it and we gobble it down even more again because we say well you know I wasn't able to I can't even take a bite of it um you know I might as well just eat the whole bag of sugar kind of thing we binge as a result and and this is going really against everything again was as what I'm trying to say so when we make peace with food we're finally giving in to your um for forbidden foods allowing yourself to eat with the knowledge of the fact that if you're diabetic, it's probably not the best thing to eat a bag of sugar. Um, but understanding that um, fruit sugars and um, a little bit of honey and maybe going towards a stevia may be better options for you. So, you know, just really, really bringing about some awareness again to food and not condemning it by any means because the food doesn't jump in our mouths by itself. Anyways, okay. So the next step or the next principle here is challenging the food police. So again, Instagram, um, TikTok, uh, I don't even follow TikTok to be honest with you. I guess I'm kind of dating myself here, but um, all these Pinterest actually, um, they scream aloud no to thoughts in your head that declare you're good for um, eating minimal amount of calories or bad because you ate a piece of chocolate cake. So this is that, um, that, that it stems back to diet mentality again, but we're looking at our own voices here. So when we see social media saying, oh, well, you can't have that. And if you have that, you're going to be bad, bad, bad. Well, yeah. It, it, I'm hoping you guys understand that connection. But at the same time, understanding, but but applying it as well. The food police actually monitor their, the unreasonable rules uh, the diet culture has created. So we have the diet culture and then we have the police that are just um, housed in our psyche. And um, it's just like we have headphones on and it's constantly boom, 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 negative um phrases, uh, hopelessness, um, guilt, shame, provoking indications, um, just everything that is against you. You are, again, your own worst enemy. But understanding that, bringing your awareness to it and just turning off the food police, thinking for yourself, feeling from your, your depths, for yourself and and just taking that critical step to returning to understanding your relationship with food uh, discovering the satisfaction factor so the Japanese have a wisdom 
um, have the wisdom to keep pleasure as one of their goals of healthy living. This is something that perhaps many, many, many of us should incorporate. Um, and and it, it comes down to a lot of self-care as well, too. So uh, preparing a meal, but setting uh, a plate and uh, maybe a flower on the table and um, bringing out the good cutlery and the good china to eat upon and um, just allowing yourself the pleasures that you would afford somebody else. This is what you deserve. Um, and, um, and in our compulsion to comply with diet culture, we often overlook one of the basic gifts of existence, the pleasure and satisfaction that can be found in the eating experience. We have to eat. Um, an addict, uh, an alcoholic can give up liquor, um, alcohol, and they'll, they'll live. Um, um, a drug addict can give up with help, can give up uh, narcotics, um, and they will live. Uh, a food addict, we have to eat. And it makes it very, very hard. So when we eat what we really, really want in the environment that is inviting, the pleasure you derive from um, the food, the experience, the energy that's been put into the food when it's cooked, um, and, and really getting a sense of the powerful force that can be uh, attributed to the whole experience, the ritual of it, um, breaking bread, all these different things. And by providing this experience to yourself, you'll find that it takes just a right amount of food for you to decide that you've had enough um, because you've incorporated more than just food. And you've heard me say that term more and more and more and all the time. It's more than just about the food. Um, it is the whole experience of the food eating that can make or break um, you. Um, if you're running out the door and grabbing a piece of uh, bread, uh, slathering a piece of peanut butter on it, a little bit of peanut butter on it, just because you have to eat something before you go out the door, um, you know, and not even thinking and, it, it, it makes it very, very difficult. And, and you get to a point where you don't enjoy food. Um, and it's and it's quite a shame because it, it can, again, make or break a whole, the whole process of intuitive eating. So another uh, principle of intuitive eating is feeling your fullness. So in order to honor your fullness, you need to trust that you will give yourself the food that you desire. So it's not even just a physical fullness that you're looking for, but it's um, a fullness in your soul, if, if, you, if you get that. It, it's a little bit esoteric and it's a little bit out there. But again, just bringing that awareness and understanding that it's more than just about the food. It's more than just about your body. Listen to the body signals that tell you that you are no longer hungry. And that's that observation. Obs observe the signs that show that you're comfortably full. You don't have to scarf down uh, a big plate of spaghetti uh, and sauce um, out of the need of uh, starvation. We're not at the starvation point. Um, I, I know there's such a thing as um, food insecurity in the world. 
but I believe that you guys in that are listening to me, um, that are in my group, um, on the podcast, everything else, I don't believe uh, you are that in that situation. If you are, then um, then obviously I'm not talking to you at this point. But you know, wolfing down a big plate of spaghetti because you feel that you don't know where your next meal is coming from. <laughs> and I grew up with that mentality as well, too, because my grandpa, uh, loved him to pieces, um, grew up living through the Great Depression. And that was one of his little things that he would say all the time, eat up, you know, you don't know when your next meal is coming from. Um, and in his day and age, that was the way that you did things because you don't know when your next meal is coming. So you you did. But for me um, and, and many people in the world that live in my area, uh, you know, we don't have that, that kind of situation at this point. So slowing down, taking your time, leaving food on your plate, not having to finish it, understanding when you're no longer hungry, observing those signs, um, pausing in the middle of eating and asking yourself how the food tastes and what the current hunger level is. This kind of goes into that mindfulness situation where you're really bringing um, that questioning, intuitive, sorry, mindful thought process into it as well too. So another principle is coping with your emotions with kindness. So we're all kind of emotional eaters. I mean, that kind of goes without saying. We, our emotions are connected you know, very, very tightly with um, food. Uh, so recognizing that food restriction, both physically and mentally, can and in and of itself trigger loss of control, which can feel like emotional eating. I'm going to say that again, okay, because I'm just reading it right off of the website. Um, recognize that food restriction, both physically and mentally, can in of itself trigger loss of control, which can feel like emotional eating. Um, find kind ways to be comfort, uh, to comfort yourself, to nurture, to distract, to resolve issues, anxiety, loneliness boredom and anger, our emotions that we experience throughout life. This is a human existence. When we use food as a comfort tool, though, this is when it becomes um, advantageous to our health um, as a result of gaining weight um, and then the health issues that result from there. So, Although it's it's not our fault, I don't want you to think that I'm blaming you. I don't want you to think that um, I'm I'm trying to shame you or de degrade you or your experience by any means. Here, it is understanding that because of the diet culture, because of the way we've grown up, all these different factors, and not just you specifically, but you know, everybody around us, we all have different variables brought in through our growing up and through our um, our lifespan that makes it difficult, that makes it, not difficult, but makes it 
um, um, different for everybody to that will have different triggers. So whereas you see one person um, who can um, who has anxiety uh, or is lonely or bored um, eat a, a whole pie in one sitting, um, those same triggers could cause a person not to eat as well too. I don't know. I, I used to say, and I'm going to, you know, admit it to it, but I used to say that because I would see people that were under stress, they would lose weight. They, and it would just, it would piss me off and it would actually trigger me a little bit because I've, you know, dealt with stress my whole life. And well, how do I deal with that? Well, I eat. So <laughs> I gain weight as a result of stress, but others, other people. And I'm not saying that, that this is healthy by any means because it's not, but it's something that um, it's understand that everybody's different. Everybody has their own way of uh, dealing with things. And, uh, you know, sometimes it is eating as well too. So, but each to their own triggers, um, food won't fix any of these feelings, lack of food won't fix these feelings either. In fact, they only just end up causing more problems as a result. And it may comfort you for a short period of time, distract you from pain, or even numb you. Um, but food won't solve problems. Um, I don't know. Kids these days, they are a little bit more savvy. They're, they're more intuitive. They're more... Um, worldly knowledgeable about different things but I really really wish I would have known that when I was younger and something like that is it has come with age it's come with wisdom um, been there done that kind of situation but it's um it's not it's not your fault that's all I'm saying is <laughs> it won't it won't solve your problem but at the same time, you know, we really have to just keep working towards it. If anything, uh, eating for an emotional hunger may only make you feel worse in the long run. And I think a lot of us kind of get that. So um, another principle of intuitive eating is respecting your body. So accept your genetic blueprint. We're all different. We're all going to react differently. We're all going to continue down this path a little bit differently. Our past is going to project us towards um, a different outcome than everybody else. One person that, um, you know, had a hell of a time in the 80s, did nothing but drink and smoke and, and ate peanut butter sandwiches the whole throughout the whole 80s, I'm thinking of one person in particular, um, you know, may, may develop Crohn's disease as a result, or may not. Uh, it, 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 these things, they happen. And because of our genetic makeup, plus the fact that um, um, our, our history, our life experience, this really makes up who you and what you are today. Um, we can change going forward, most definitely, but uh, we can't change what we did in the past. So again, this is one of the things that I try to expound upon for a lot, a lot of people is the fact that we have that opportunity to choose, even though we've come this far with the genetic makeup and the, phys um, and the life experience that may have not been choice, 
but um, it, it's a matter of where you want to go because we we do have that opportunity to change it up a little bit. Uh, just as a person with a shoe size of eight would not expect to realistically squeeze into a size six, it is equally futile and uncomfortable to have a similar expectation about body size as well too. So we're going to be talking about body image and body size in the last week of December. So, you know, a little bit more about body positivity as well, you know, because so, so this all ties into that a little bit. Um, but mostly respecting your body so you can feel better about who you are. It's hard to reject the diet mentality if you are unrealistic and overly critical about your body shape and size. All bodies deserve dignity. So treating this thing like the temple that it is and the person within um, understanding that they deserve respect. Um, and kindness and compassion. And um, you would not force a child to eat, I don't know, a whole tub of ice cream. They probably might, but you know, at a certain point, the body would get sick. You would not force somebody to, to continually eat a certain way if you knew that that way was going to hurt them in the end. So turning that mirror around it, to ourselves, we really have to understand and understand, you know, and feel and, and live the fact that we deserve that as well, too. So um, the ninth uh, principle of intuitive eating is that movement really does make a big difference. So forget that militant exercising that I've always kind of pushed aside and kind of not let you guys dive too much into um if you want to go to the gym six days a week for two hours each day go for it that's great i um it's not a necessity is all i'm trying to tell you to get the exercise and feel the difference you really just have to just move your body shift your focus to how it feels to move your body. Understand that joyful movement that I talk about all the time. Rather than worrying about calorie counting and in the effort to exercise. The Fitbit, Fitbit counting steps. Getting away from that because is it 10,000 and 10,001 that makes a difference as opposed to 5,000? Well, yeah, perhaps, but at what expense are you working to do that 10,000 steps a day? Um, is it joyful for you? Are you having fun? Are you freezing your ass off outside? <laughs> are you are you are you doing it with lightness in your heart or are you feeling like you're forced to do it? These are all going to make or break the difference too because if you're forcing yourself or you feel forced and you dislike it and you have this attitude of, oh, I have to do it, I have to do it, I have to do it, or I ate uh, a pie and we talked about this diet mentality the other day, um, last couple of weeks, you ate a, uh, a piece of pie, not even a full one, but a piece of pie and feel like you got to double up on those steps. This is that diet mentality. It makes or breaks because... If you have that mindset, it doesn't matter whether you have your 10,000 steps in or 20,000 steps in in a day. It's not going to really help you in the end. 
um, you may lose a little bit of weight, but it's you've you've lost so much else on you know as well too, um, losing good things, um, and you may begin to resent it. You won't be consistent with it, uh, and you may I don't know. There's a lot of different scenarios that could go on. Um, you could end up getting 20,000 steps in one day, but then in, then feel like you deserve to have a pizza pie, a whole one at the end of the day. Or, you know, and, and that's that diet mentality again. You've, you've lost the whole focus of um, the joy of movement of your body, the ability that you have to stretch your arms to um, kick your legs up, to jump for joy, uh, all these different things and, and appreciating and going back to what we were just talking about, about respecting the body and being grateful for the fact that you can lift your arm over your head or um, you can put one leg in front of the other. It really does come down to a lot of that internal stuff again too. So the last but definitely not least um, principle for intuitive eating is honoring your health uh, through gentle nutrition. So making food choices that honor your health and taste buds while making um, you feel really, really good. And this comes back to the, the challenging the, the food police too. So the good and bad foods. When I was talking about... Um, well, we know that we shouldn't... Like a diabetic shouldn't eat a bag of sugar... Uh, if you don't know that, I'm telling you right now, diabetics should not eat a bag of sugar. Uh, but at the same time, I'm not telling you uh, not to. But your choices, your world, your um, honoring your body and, and the health that you have right now is that you would make the right choice for your health. If you are on a journey for losing weight, or wanting to, uh, excuse me, or wanting to um, decrease your your um, your weight a little bit, you want to honor your body and your health and your taste bugs to accommodate for that. So I'm not saying again, it's not about deprivation, it's not about restriction, it's about honoring who and what you are and where you want to go. Remembering that you don't have to eat perfectly to be healthy. Our bodies are amazing, amazing machines and they, sorry, my nose is running, um, and they will accommodate you as long as you allow them to. By offering, um, say, like an 80-20 rule um, and, and really you know, 80% of the time, giving yourself the opportunity to really honor um, some really healthy food choices, but not denying yourself the 20% where you have a little bit of a treat, where you have um, pizza on a Friday, uh, where you have a piece of cake at a birthday, where you have all these different things. That's, that's, that's honoring your health. And understanding that it's okay to have that because, you know, part of our health is not just physical, but it's mental. It's also spiritual. It's also energetic. And we need to do all those things together to cohesively be healthy, balanced in our health, 
um, in all areas. And when we honor our health and in the moment that it's in and in the moments to come by making healthier choices, you know, and being okay with whatever it is that you're eating, this is part of it. It's gentle nutrition. So like I said, you don't want to suddenly get a nutrient a deficiency or become unhealthy. You really, again, you're taking the time to make the choices that you know are going to be good for you. Not your husband, not his health, not your children, not your parents, not your coworkers, not your best friend, not uh, your yoga teacher, not your physician, not anybody else but you. You are the person that puts your food in your mouth. You have the ultimate say. You have the control over what goes on in and around your body and ultimately your health. If you want to have a snack of chips, go ahead. You know that perhaps it might cause some swelling. The salt is probably not that great for you if you have heart issues. You know, you know all this. You know that you should be incorporating more water into your day. I try. This is only the <laughs> my first one, um, and it's still pretty full. <laughs> I, I actually drank half of one this morning, but it, it, I've got the other full one going now. Um, and some days I get dehydrated because I haven't had any because I've been working so much. But it's you really you come back to it. You don't give up. You honor the journey. You honor the health that you have this moment. You honor the desire and the intention to uh, be better. And you always work towards that. So you had a crappy November and you weren't able to give up sugar. So what? You know a little bit more about sugar now. You're going to still continue to keep trying. You're not going to give up. Because when we give up, we end up dying. That's just... That's a big, big um, result. But essentially, that's what it is. Anything that's stagnant dies. It's, that's the way it is. Um, so you're always going to be working. You're always going to be moving forward. You're always going to be trying. You're always going to be getting another bottle full of water, um, putting it close to you so you have it. Um, making better choices. It's okay if you make some bad ones. But then the next time you're going to try to make a good one. And always doing a little bit better because that's what you're here for. We're always here. We're here for growing. We're here for growth. We're here for learning. We're here for improving um, and trying to get past the fact that it's an uphill battle and everything else seems to be against us. Uh, and hmm, yeah, that's pretty much it. So I hope you guys are getting a little bit out of this. Um, send me some comments. Send me some input, some uh, feedback. Uh, I know that um, some of you know that I have this program coming up in January uh, towards tomorrow today, where we are going to be diving a lot further into um, mindful eating practices. Uh, it's a four-week program, and it is my gift to you. Um, it is my 
pleasure to be able to give this to you uh, to help you and really allow you the opportunity to continue this journey um, into the new year with some hope that it's going to be wonderful. So I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Oh, my beautiful friend, how are you doing? Was that episode helpful, inspiring, empowering for your journey? I'd love to know what you thought. You can head over to iTunes, the More Than Hope podcast, and subscribe and give me a review because this is going to help me to tailor these episodes to what you need most. Like I said, I'm here to help. In the meantime, you can find me on social media at Nutritional Solutions by Wendy on Instagram and Wendy Humphreys Nutritional Solutions on Facebook. The best place to find me is at my website though, www.whnutritionalsolutions.com. Every month I have a theme where I give away downloadables and other great free stuff. This is happening all the time because that's what I like to do. Also, don't forget to sign up for my newsletter and other great opportunities because if you like my podcast, you're going to love all the crazy offers I have too. Until then, know that you embody everything that is good in this world. Love yourself deeply and the world of possibilities will open up to you. I promise. Big love always, Wendy.